This is Ange Milewski, and you're listening to Stuart Pink on Phoenix FM. Yes, it is. And now for something completely different on the One Two Three Show on Phoenix FM. Joining me on the phone, composer for stage and screen, my mate, and an all-round lovely person, and Chmlevsky. I think I've ruined your name already. <laughs> Anne, have I said that right? Do you want to have? Uh, you sort of half said it right. It's Schmelevsky. So if you think Schmel, um, like smell, but with sh, Schmel, and then Ev, and then Ski. So Schmelevsky. Schmelevsky. Does that make sense? It's been a long time since I've had to say the full name, and uh, Miss it's Anne is definitely time. easier. It's so much easier. It's so much easier. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm really good. I'm looking forward to things opening up again. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, things, you know, it's all it's all a bit strange, isn't it? It's been a funny old time, isn't it? I think the last time yeah. I spoke to you, you were heading off to the glorious sunny hills of LA. I was, yeah. That would have been a year and a half ago. So I spent, I was there from August 2019 to... Uh, December 2020. So I came back to England at the end of December and my last day of quarantine was the first day of the new lockdown in the UK. So oh, no, that's terrible time. did perfectly, yeah, yeah. But then in a way, I think I was quite, it was sort of fortuitous in a way because it was such a shock coming back from LA where it was sort of sunny non-stop and hot to this climate i yeah. think actually sort of fate was protecting me by saying you don't have to go outside for another six months you yeah just stay in stay indoors you know? we're gonna make on. it illegal for you to leave your house so that you can just stay by the radiator so i've <laughs> been kind of lucky i guess you'll appreciate the rain more when you can leave that's what it is that's what it is yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think you're the only person I, I know who has, A, moved to LA and also come back from LA. Yeah, well, I only I only moved there uh, temporarily. I got uh, I got a year and an eighteen months visa um, to go and and try life out there, and so I came to the end of that and came back. I think had I gone something, had I got something more permanent, maybe I would have um, stayed longer because it is kind of a a glorious lifestyle and it's very nice for the kind of work that I do which is kind of um mostly like music for for media for film or tv yeah um and there's obviously a big hub for things like that over there um they know the but movies. I did I did miss I did miss London as well and of course it's kind of a bit nicer to be in London and to be closer to my family who's in France so you know there's yeah. no there's no such thing as a perfect city or or a perfect you know place just, I mean, all you got to do is just buy a place in each place and uh, have a pad in LA. That's actually a dream. Yeah, a pad in LA, that's it. And then you just you just turn up when you can. That really is the dream, I think, <laughs> um, to just be able to just hop on a plane and be like, oh, I've got uh, a nice duvet waiting for me at the other end. Yeah. yeah. I guess you didn't really get to experience the full LA pool party lifestyle um, in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, yeah, not in the middle of the pandemic. I experienced a bit of it at the start when I arrived, but I, I kind of, I when I moved there, I had work on. So I arrived and I sort of set myself up and worked um, to finish a commission I had. 
and then I had a few things to go on. So I sort of didn't, and in my mind, I was going to be free from like the end of February. And I was like, at the end of February, that's when I'm going to go and hang out with everyone and it's going to be great. And of course, once, you know, when it came to February and the threat of Boom. the virus was, I think people were talking about it. And then suddenly in March, it just became this um, this thing. And California was one of the first states in the US, I think, to go into lockdown because they had cases in um, in in San Francisco, I think. Um, yeah. So Hit even though first. LA is really far from from San Francisco, they just closed down uh, very early. So yeah, yeah, it's, it was interesting. But you know, what can you do? I mean, it's it's, it's it a global thing. Was, I guess doing that if you're in yeah, London exactly. or LA. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you find pandemic times as a as a composer? Was it a, a chance to well, to work inwardly a little bit, or has it been? Challenge. <laughs> uh, it's like honestly for a compare I mean I don't want to speak for everyone uh, in my field because I, you know I don't know everyone and I can't speak for them yeah but for me it was it was not really that different because I I work either from home or from a studio uh, at the time when the pandemic sort of first started I was working my studio was at home um so i'm used to i'm used to working from home and i'm used to working on my own all the time because there's yeah. only ever really one composer on there's a job one of you. <laughs> uh, yeah i mean you might have like an assistant or something like that but it's not um or at least on my level it's not like every day and um yeah so it's it, it was kind of weird because I mean, in a way, I was very lucky because I already had like a comfortable chair. I already had like a standing <laughs> desk and the stuff that people were sort of starting to invest in when they when they had to move away from their offices. You didn't have to clear out the spare room, not everyone else. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't have to, although although my husband did, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I didn't have to. I was already, I was already kind of set. Um, and yeah, and I'm used to not seeing anyone for long periods of time so in that <laughs> respect it was fine it was a bit weird when I'd be hearing you know that first bit of the pandemic when we sort of went into the first lockdown and everyone was doing like zoom parties and zoom drinks oh, people yeah. were really sociable on zoom the zoom boom uh, yeah and that seems so far away now the zoom boom yeah um <laughs> so that was kind of strange because everyone was sharing their experience of being um uh, of uh, what do you call of of sort of experiencing working from home and how awful it was and how they couldn't wait to be back in the office and I kind of thought oh god when this ends I'm still going to be working like, from home you know pandemic um, what pandemic this is what I do yeah 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 <laughs> so it felt so it felt kind of weird in that respect um, I of course in terms of like workload I had like a bunch of things that got pushed and cancelled. Uh, so that that was you know obviously that's um that's unfortunate but i sort of i i still managed to have a few things going on and thankfully i had this album which is now coming out um yes. which i sort of finished around the time of the pandemic so i had i had things to do so i was very lucky in that respect yeah i was extremely extremely lucky um and it could have been much worse um and other than that what else did i do well obviously i you know i did all of the the Netflix sort of things, <laughs> you know, all the Tiger King and all of those <laughs> binged uh, things. everything there yeah, is. Yeah, 
I binged everything. I, I thought about retraining as a nurse because I watched 16 seasons of Grey's Anatomy and I was like, this is well, my that, new career. That basically is most of the this. training, right? That, I think it is. And honestly, <laughs> I really watched that carefully so I can I can help. <laughs> I can help a lot of people, I think. Um, like, these these uh, cases aren't as complex as they were in Grey's Anatomy. It's actually uh, not... Oh, this is strange. No Siamese twins today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Odd, well, that was like every birth, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And no one is as attractive as they are on the show. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was It was really, yeah, it was, I mean, I did I did all of that same stuff, of course. Um, yeah. I got really into Formula One, I think. Oh, nice. Thanks to uh, a Netflix documentary. That was the surprise of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, um, we've been watching that. Yeah, so great. And um, yeah, and that's it. I, I had like one of my low points was the house I was staying in in LA didn't have a uh, laundry machine. I had to go to like a laundrette, um, oh, which no. is quite common there. And I, I at first I was a bit freaked out and I was like, we can't do that. So I had like a great um, adventure of trying to hand wash uh, <laughs> my clothes uh, and at one point came up with this invention using a salad spinner to uh, that is you know to spin like the clothes like revolutionary one one. One yeah I, I know and I was like oh maybe I will become an inventor after this maybe I've just like <laughs> come across something really amazing it's gone back to your uh, French country no. roots <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that that was it basically for me. That was my uh, my my pandemic experience summed up. Awesome. So we'll have a little chat in a minute about your your album, which is very exciting coming out soon. Before we get into that, uh, you've done so many cool uh, projects from working on comedy sitcoms with with comedy legends, comedy opera, uh, a full length war film, such a variety of different stuff. You've got your name to. Yeah. Um, you must need to have a huge range in uh, musical taste as well as musical ability. I guess I do. Yeah, I do. Well, I listen to a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have that big a range in musical ability because most of what I do is always kind of in the sort of classical instruments world. I don't do, yeah. I do a bit with electronics, but I don't do like a lot, you know, I can't play the guitar, which everyone else seems to be able to do. Um, so there's definitely- I was hoping for a guitar solo from you at the end. Oh my God, I was so disappointing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I could do something on the recorder maybe, but no. Um, <laughs> oh, now and talking. I have a guitar. I have a guitar in, in, in the studio, but it's really just for show. I hope no one ever asks me to <laughs> to open it. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know about my own range, but I've been very lucky to work on a variety of things. And because of that, to listen to like a great variety of music, when I... When I finished, uh, no, while I was a student, even I was working. I don't know if you remember Virgin Megastore and HMV, oh, uh, which there's, were there's a once upon a time. time. You know, <laughs> I know, I know. So I worked in both those places, um, and even though I worked in the classical section, it was like an amazing education in just what music there is out there. It was probably yeah. probably learnt more about lots of different genres of music working there than I did at actual music college. I guess for kids I got exposed to so many different things. Yeah. If you don't remember HMV, it's basically like living inside Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. It's like living inside Spotify and sort of being in charge of like the algorithm, I think. 
a bit because yeah. you get to maybe choose what You're he's explaining or what's going on the front of like the the big uh, cadenzas, you know, where they display uh, the CDs. If you remember what a CD is. <laughs> <laughs> so you worked recently on Abba Asante's Where Hands Touch. Did you go back to HMV uh, and get to see the DVD in the store? You know what? I didn't. Oh. And I can't believe I didn't think of doing that. Oh, that was like a moment. I thought you were going to like, you would mark it. And go, oh my God, that one. would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. But both my HMV and my Virgin Megastore, the ones that I worked at, are now a Primark and the other one is a Forever 21 or an H&M. I can't remember. Oh. They're no longer. Um, <laughs> Not the same level. Yeah, of... they're not the same. It's really, <laughs> I don't know what that shows about what happens when I leave a place that I work for. Maybe uh, <laughs> I should have stayed there. But um, uh, yeah, no, I didn't do that. And I should, I should 100% have done that. I don't know why I didn't think of um, of oh. going there. Oh, no. That's right. I'm sure it'll pop up at a Woolworths. Oh, no, I won't do that. Uh... <laughs> I don't want to... <laughs> I know, it's so sad. What's happening to retail? So while I've got a film composer on the phone um, I want to yes. know what comes first when you're writing a, uh, from a, a novice point of view I'm sitting down and watching a film I always think the soundtrack is such an integral part of any film but what comes first do you turn up with your soundtrack and then they write the film and scenes around that or do you get sent the stuff and then you have to invent the sound to match what's in the film uh, the second one for me but I think there are cases with very... So with me, like the film is generally already done and they bring it or they're maybe still editing it and then I write music to kind mm. of to match it or, or go with it or complement it, however you want to describe it. Um, sometimes, uh, as was the case with Where Hands Touch, I had actually read a script before the film was shot. So I had like an idea and I had some... Um, some thoughts in my head but it's um, it can be very different from what you hear uh, in your head when you're reading a script to suddenly when you see images the, the the different it can bring up some very different ideas and so I think yeah it's always useful to have the film but there are instances with um, well I can think of a few uh, a famous example is with the soundtrack to uh, the Joker movie. Oh yeah, which, the um, new one was the new the new one. Yeah, with um, uh, oh, I can't remember Fe the name of the actor. Hakeem That's it, Phoenix. him. That's him. That's the one. Yeah, him, 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 him. <laughs> so the composer uh, for that is um, is Icelandic. Uh, I'm going to butcher her name, but it's Hilda Gudnadóttir, and she actually won an Oscar for the soundtrack for that film, and she. Uh, famously, or one of the stories, you know, around like the award season is that she had been writing bits of music based on the script, I think, and she sent a piece of music which then inspired a scene in the movie because the actor and the director kept on playing it, and then they came up with this idea of um, of of having the Joker sort of dance kind oh, of crazily yes. in a bathroom. That's such and an that amazing was, scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, I, from what I've understood, that was sort of inspired by the music. Um, that's yeah. an, I mean, that's a great position to be in as a composer if you if you can do that. But often you don't come in early enough on the project to do that. Yeah. Um, Would you prefer but that? But I think if you... 
be a better way of yeah, doing Yeah, oh, I would love that. I yeah. think, But I think that happens when you're more when you're a bigger composer like i think that happens with people like hans zimmer and you know like the big the big names i think that can happen because they get booked very early and so they might start writing some music yeah um, at the start but i've not i've not really worked like that so i often work once i get the images when you're a big name like next year that'll be that'll be it yeah 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 tomorrow it'll be it'll be different <laughs> <laughs> after uh you're in the britain gazette after. and you've done one this day, radio one day yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. My launch pad. So we mentioned our Sante's uh, Where Hands Touch. What was it like for you? Is that your first, that's not your first motion picture, uh, but what was it like for you to be so embroiled in the in, in the release of a film and, and be involved in it? Uh, it was it was great. I mean, it was, yeah, it was my first sort of feature length movie where I was sort of the, like the, the composer where I wasn't someone's assistant. Um and it was it was an amazing it was really an amazing experience and it's a very it's a very emotional movie so it was quite um yeah it was completely sort of uh i don't know if this is the right word but like all encompassing you know i felt like it's all yeah the i thought about for like four months or however long i was working on it that it's just all i thought about first thing in the morning and last thing at night i just thought about the film i just thought about the characters it was like they were sort of my um i don't know you you become so involved in it you yeah it's kind of like they're like your your they're like people that you know and you sort of kind of forget that it's set 70 years ago and it's they're yeah. not real people but you kind of you get lost in it um quite a lot did um, you meet the actors which, before you you finished or, or after the after the school was no i met some of them when did i meet some of them the film premiered at uh tiff which is the toronto in toronto international film festival i think it's what it stands for it's a very famous um like a film festival basically so the film yeah. had its premiere there and i went along to that and so i met uh very very briefly the the actors which was which was very cool must have been but a strange experience um, after living yeah living it's with kind of weird because it's like you survived you survived the war great <laughs> you know and you're like well no you you know you were just acting um, <laughs> you had a really rough time yeah. Uh, yeah 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 no it was really yeah it's quite surreal when you it's quite surreal when you see that and it really you've got to have such respect for i think people who who can do that who can get into character and just i think um yeah definitely whenever i work on something well whenever and whenever i work on anything with actors i'm reminded of how amazing a craft it is and how difficult a job it is i yeah. think it's easy to to look at it and be like oh you're just sort of pretending and you're just you know <laughs> and you've got like over. costumes and makeup and you're stuff like... but actually it's it's really yeah it's a i i definitely couldn't do it um and same you know same with the director and um emma like she was directing the movie but she also wrote it and it's such a such a huge undertaking the amount of research that goes behind it especially doing a, a historical um piece like that yeah so it's really really inspiring for anyone who like who that. hasn't seen it are you, are you, this is a very difficult thing this is what graham norman does in the red couch isn't it but could you tell us uh, briefly what the film's about uh, sure. Okay. The film is about, so it's set in uh, Germany in 1940, 1944 or 1945. Uh, no, it must be 1944. 
already this is a great explanation um but basically <laughs> the, it's a film that looks <laughs> it's it, it follows it's like a coming of age story of a biracial girl in nazi germany and it basically looks so the it's 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 a fictional character but it's based on a lot of research that anna santi did about the lives of biracial children in germany and how what their fate was um to to really oversimplify it um Hitler thought that they didn't need to be exterminated like the Jews, for example, they just needed to be sterilized. I think because his train of thought is that the mothers were uh, Aryan and often these kids were um, born from uh, relationships between German white uh, mother uh, women and uh, French Senegalese soldiers who had been posted yeah after the first world war in germany and so i think there were like 20 about 20,000 biracial kids living in germany when hitler rose to power and so he just went about trying to get them sterilized so that they couldn't um um they couldn't have their own kids and so the wehrhand wow. dutch is the story of this biracial girl who loves Germany and loves everything about Germany. And then mm. she turns 16, realizes it's towards the end of the war. And she realizes that she is wanted by Germany. And so she tries to escape um, being sterilized, basically. Um, the whole thing turns into a, a real love story as a, as a whole element. Yeah. And of course, she falls in love with a boy. So it gets really, um, gets really dramatic. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I've explained that well at all, but it's um, it's, it's a, a great story and beautiful it's a great film. film. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I thought we'd have a little listen to, to one of the tracks from it, which you, you beautifully composed. What would you like us to, to, to enjoy? What do you think uh, summarises oh the mood of the film? Oh, the mood of the film? Uh, well, it depends how, uh, how sad you want to get. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you could play... There's like a love theme, which is, I think the track is called Lutz and Lena, or there is like a more a happier theme um, when some things sort of resolve at some point in the film called Together. I think there's a two Beautiful. I've got tracks. Together written um, down in my notes here as, as one of my faves. Great. Oh, is it? Yeah, I've got Together, okay. In the Forest and We're Hands Touch. Just... Oh, In the Forest beautiful, is good as well. Beautiful yeah, tracks. Yeah. So let's have a listen to Together, shall we? We'll do it together. This is Phoenix 98FM. What a beautiful track. Together, from the soundtrack for Where Hands Touch, written, composed by Ange Milewski, who's on the phone with me now, and lovely stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, you've written stuff, obviously, beautifully for cinema, all sorts of stuff. But now, very exciting, you have a new album coming out, which is your debut. It's all yours. Yes, it's all mine. It's so exciting. I'm really excited for for it to come out. And also very nervous, obviously. This is um, incredible. So obviously, previously, you've always had a brief, you've always had uh, something for the music to go to. How did you go about, about putting together something? Was this something you already had? You always had a dream of doing? Um, no, you know what? It's something that I've never... It's so funny that you ask that because it's something that I had never thought about doing no no never because i always wanted to write film music that's all i ever i ever really wanted to do and but i i studied at uh, music college um and of course i studied just um 
first I studied normal composition. I mean, normal for for the stage, you know, for the for the concert hall. Yeah. And um, because my music was quite uh, conventional, I guess, and because it was quite filmic, I think the teachers or, or the teaching staff body was was kind of uh, a bit disappointed with what I was doing because it wasn't sort of groundbreaking or anything. And so oh, no. it was. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. no I mean, it's it's sort of no. It's it's sort of fair <laughs> enough. I'm not saying that. Like I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but that was kind of the vibe and so I got it into my head that I could never really write no one would be interested in hearing my music on its own if there wasn't a film to go with it yeah um which is oh. like totally silly when How I look back now and when I speak <laughs> no but even when I speak to younger composers I'm just like no don't let you know it's crazy to like um take that and I don't think the teachers even meant that but that's kind of yeah. I guess I was 18 and that's what I took from it because you need so encouraging never, at that age to, to let it yeah, out yeah I think so. I think that's what it was I think I was a bit sort of naive or, or whatever um so I I never really thought about doing it because I just thought no one would be interesting because I didn't think I was cool enough or or avant-garde enough or or interesting enough and I thought that the only people that really um released music like that were like the the, the geniuses you know the real like <laughs> brains of music yeah. um so i didn't think much of it um or didn't didn't think at all about it really and then what happened i so i had someone uh, someone close to me say um was going through like a really difficult time uh it would have been two years ago in in 2019 and I was trying to kind of comfort her and 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 be like a, a helpful friend. She was she she was having difficulties with her mental health, mm. and um, and basically like everything that I was saying was not really like helpful, you know, yeah. or not really. Um, it was just uh, everything I said was like a cliche, like a platitude. It was just I was just I, I felt like every time I opened my mouth, I was doing more harm than good. Couldn't um, find the words. And yeah, and I, I couldn't see her easily and all of these things. And then I kind mm. of thought um, I could actually just put some music together for her, some like pieces of music together. And that's kind of that's kind of how it came about and I, I had done that previously for a friend who who was sick and who was going through like very difficult cancer treatment and I'd put some uh arranged some pieces of music that I'd written in the past for various things and I'd rewritten them and made like a nice little recording for her oh, wow. and so I basically was trying to do that again I just put some music together some which I already had which I rewrote and some new pieces to feel kind of like um I want I wanted her to be li able to listen to it to have something that didn't have any lyrics about love or about like everything's great or everything's bad I wanted it to just be mm. like a the sonic equivalent of like a heated blanket oh what a lovely you know? way of putting it yeah like the kind of thing that you just like it doesn't say anything it doesn't ask you any question it's just like something to just be kind of relaxing to to not have to wrap around you kind ears. of be there with you yeah yeah that's that's just all i wanted to to kind of do with it um and i at the time i had sort of a fairly i was working on something that was uh, fairly lucrative and so i saved up some money and i actually went to a studio and hired like a, a small 15 piece orchestra to to record the music oh, wow. um that's a small orchestra so, 15 people 
that's tiny yeah i shouldn't even call it an orchestra it's technically it's not an orchestra it's like a chamber uh a chamber chamber group um so i recorded it and then uh and then i sent it but then of course then i had this nice music and i thought oh i could put it on on bandcamp or something and also share it with other people Mm, um and that's when my agent was like, oh, well, maybe you should sort of send it to some labels because you yeah. you, know, you don't Hold know what on, might mate. happen with Hold it. Hold on, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hold on, Anne. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had an idea. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it was kind of this um, unex- very unexpected thing that Sony got uh, behind it um, and, and kind of amazing. Yeah, I was very, I was enormously lucky. Uh, with how it turned out and so the music was written in 2019 it's called songs without words because uh well a because it's kind of about how it was written in a time where i didn't really have the words to like soothe someone and they're aimed at yeah um, soothing people but they're also um i mean they're kind of each track is a bit like i mean structurally it's a bit like a pop song you know, like it just doesn't have lyrics, but you have like very much like a verse and then like a chorus and then it goes back to a verse and goes back to a chorus, which is not a construction you really have that much in Often. classical music. See that in classical, um, yeah. So it's like much simpler than than formal classical music, I guess, in its um, in its structure. So um, could we have a listen to this to the track that you wrote for your friend? Which one is this? Uh, which one? Well, they're all they're all for her. Um, okay. But a good one is uh, presque vals, which I'm going to say with a French accent, um, which is sort of it means almost waltz. It's sort of like supposed to be a. Um, I was trying to kind of do something that was kind of joyful, but like like something that's happy after something sad. If that makes sense. Beautiful. Do you want to Does introduce it for us? Yeah. We'll, we'll play it now. Uh, yes, this is Presque Vals by Anne Schmielewski. This is Phoenix 98FM. A beautiful track from Anne Schmielewski's brand new album, Songs Without Words. And she's still with me now. That was absolutely stunning. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, lovely. I'm sort of picturing vibes of the Nutcracker and, and little toys. Ah! all kind of dancing uh coming to life in that track yeah 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 that's uh i mean that's a huge compliment <laughs> uh so thank you <laughs> that's massive i love the nutcracker gone full tchaikovsky so much. yeah full tchaikovsky well i i sound a bit like the name shmelevsky tchaikovsky it's not yes it's not it's um, not too it's far not away too far off i'm really so i could be like the european the um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. It's lovely yeah. stuff. I guess with with that track, you introducing it in that that way, and uh, with any of your songs, particularly this album, I think uh, you you can um, really listen and hear it as a personal piece for you. But everyone else can attach their own meaning to to all of the the songs and and kind of feel whatever they want from the music. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that's what's quite nice about um, about well not just classical music but any music that doesn't have like uh, a vocal line with with words yeah right because as soon as you have words you're kind of i mean that's great too of course but that that sort of tells you a bit more how to feel whereas when you don't have like a when you don't have like a voice attached to something it can be i don't know what the word is it, it can be sort of more 
personal. Yeah, more tailored to you. You can sort of mould it a bit more, maybe. Um, I'm sure people would disagree with me on that, but that's... But that proves your point. That's what I think. Because then you're like, that's oh, well, you got think. your opinion. <laughs> beautiful stuff. So Songs About Words is out now, available in all the, the usual places. Yeah, all of them. And there are so many these days. Um, so yeah, no, wherever's, uh, wherever's convenient for you. I have been told, I just had a long conversation with my friend before speaking to you um, about trying to... Alexa, I think, really struggles with... <laughs> my name with your yes and so that. if you ask if you ask her for Anne Schmilewski you're most likely not to get Anne Schmilewski <laughs> she's not met you before um, this Alexa woman she doesn't know what she's on she she's not met <laughs> me before and it's crazy because my cousin is actually called Alexa so I feel like oh we, this she should work. know me yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but she just she just doesn't yeah I think I think Siri Siri gets it but Alexa just not on board with that with just, my last name no that's just not on turn that smile upside yeah. down <laughs> <laughs> so your new album's absolutely lovely what's the plan what's coming up for 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 Anne uh in the next year or so any more projects coming or do you take an album on tour uh, how does that work uh well tour tour is a bit difficult at the moment i don't really know what's um you know, it's quite hard to arrange things like that right now, just because we don't know what yeah. travel will look like. Um, there might be a, a mini, mini tour in the States uh, at some point this summer. But I, well, wow. depending on whether I can get my vaccine, I don't know if I'll be joining it. So they might just play. It's kind of the beauty of, of, um, of this kind of music is you can just give it to musicians and I don't really have to be there. <laughs> they can play it without me. <laughs> they go um, on tour without you. That seems a bit cruel. Yeah, like, yeah, Thanks. Yeah. See you later. We'll yeah. let you know how it goes. <laughs> I know, but it's like I can't, you know, I can't really play. I mean, they're all professional musicians. I'm much better. I mean, of course, I play the piano, but... Um, yeah these people are, are better than me uh, at most of those things. You trust and, them with, um, your, with your art. Yeah, but I am actually doing a mini album launch in London, um, which I will live stream, I think, oh, next week. But I don't know the date yet, but I can I can send you the details. I'll have them quite soon, so I can send you the details. And it will be, so it will just be, like, streamed online. Um, because I think we're allowed audiences in, but I don't know how many, and I yeah. there aren't enough details. So I think I'm just going to film it and record it and uh, an put orchestra. it straight onto. There's already a lot of people. Um, it, yeah, it's already a lot of people. Although this, in order to keep it COVID friendly, I've reduced it to seven people. So um, the oh, music wow. that you hear on the album is for strings, piano, trombone, vibraphone, and harp. And I've basically cut the vibraphone and harp and cut half of the strings and rewritten the music oh. for, for a group of seven. So it'll be slightly different versions of all of the tracks, but it's quite a nice Stripped way back, to listen intimate. to the music. Very stri- Yeah, it's like an acoustic sort of set, let's say. Um, nice. That we're doing next week. Yeah, so hopefully that's going to be that's going to be good, and I'll be conducting it. So there's there's uh, there's a chance it will go wrong. So it's very oh, exciting. exciting. <laughs> that's another whole new element of what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just waving my hands and trying to get some. Going full Michael um, Kamen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, Michael Kamen. <laughs> great, great reference. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Anne. Where can people find out more stuff and uh, find out more about your music or some of your other work you're doing? 
Um, well, you can uh, on social media, of course. Even though I'm not, um, I'm not great at uh, keeping up with it. But my Instagram is a good place to go if you can spell my name, which I realise can be a challenge. You will find me. There is only one of me. Uh, it's well there. worth doing. Your your posts on social media have been uh, quite mesmerising lately. You've got moving, <laughs> moving cactus. There's all sorts going on. Yeah, I got really into um, like sort of film editing and sort of, I don't know what the name of doing that, like sort of animation, um, I guess. You'll be making your Um, own films to put the music to, see? Well, yeah, maybe. That's a way of getting constant employment. It's a great idea. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Write your own, Um, all of it. Yeah, write my own theme tune, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I guess on my social media and obviously on my website, um, and, uh, at some point I will be making sheet music as well available, um, for, um, for people to, if they want to play the music wow. themselves. Can play along uh, with you. Yeah, exactly. You can. Uh, oh, and also one thing, if I may say, if there are any um, teachers from state schools who have kids or students doing A-level or GCSE music and have a composition element as part of their modules, which sometimes the board uh, mm. the boards require, and um, if anyone wants me to speak to them on Zoom about composition or anything like that, uh, I'm going to be doing that for the month of um, of June and maybe for a bit in September, yeah. just to give oh, wow. um, a, master a class. bit of help with students. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hardly a master, <laughs> but I know that sometimes that's quite where I've had the feedback from I uh, some differ. friends of yes. mine who, who, who run, <laughs> some friends of mine who, who run uh, music departments uh, in schools and sometimes the composition aspect of, uh, of music can be quite hard to teach. And so... Yeah. I don't know if it's helpful. Um, I can, um, I can help with that. You certainly so can. I'll be spending a bit of time doing that. I may no names, but I'm sure I would have preferred you as a music teacher to mine. Oh! <laughs> didn't know. Didn't know who Jean Michel Jean was. As a French person, you must be offended. That is quite shocking because he's very famous. I know. I said about a laser harp. He was like, "Huh? Don't be silly." I was like, "What? What? What?" Sacre bleu. That is really, yeah, Sacre bleu big time. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah, he's so famous. I feel like that's the first person that people think of when you think of French music as well. Yeah, right, just before you, obviously. Yeah, and obviously his dad, who wrote the music for um, Never Say Never Again, one of the faux Bond films. Oh, I never like knew that. Like the last... Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. It's uh, Maurice Jarre, um, who's a very... I think he won an Oscar for... Maybe not for that, but for something else. Um, yeah, he's he's big time, his dad, as well. Maybe even more big time. You're catching him up fast, Han. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> awesome. I certainly hope so, too. I can't wait to see your stripped-back version of, of this album and see where it takes you next and what comes next. Oh, thank you. Of thank you Antonescu. so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll have to get you and the uh, the small orchestra into the studio sometime. Oh my god, that would be amazing! I would love to do that. Maybe yeah, that definitely. slightly bigger studio, but uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. We'll do it in the car park. <laughs> well, just, yeah, in the car park. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks oh, so much for chatting to us. Thank you for having me. And no, it was a it was a pleasure. And um, 
have a great day you too are we going to play out with one more track from your, from your album if we may um of course can you introduce it for us what we're going to have a listen to uh you're going to listen to i dream in color by Anne Schmanewski off my new album songs without words out today <laughs> I've been Stuart Pink and you've been listening to the Now You're Talking podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Now, I consider myself very lucky to have met and talked to some incredible people from so many walks of life, ranging from comedy icons and movie stars to community heroes, legends of rock, school kids, the fastest man in a tuk-tuk and a 104-year-old chicken farmer. All sorts has been going on, from backstage at Latitude Festival and Cliffs Pavilion to Zoom calls, pubs, classrooms and care homes. I've thoroughly enjoyed unearthing over a hundred fascinating life stories from over a hundred awesome people. To hear another one, or to hear all of these episodes and these chats, go to stuartpink.com forward slash interviews. You can also subscribe to this podcast to get the next one delivered directly to your device at stuartpink.com. This is Presque Vals by Anne Schmanewski, who is me. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's the best intro. Oh my God, why did I do that? Permission to leave that in. Yeah. Uh, that, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay.